Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So this guy bought a truck from a police auction yard for just 140 bucks, which back in the 70s was probably still a good little bit of money. But after he drove it home, he found two bodies in the back of this truck that police had just left there. So before we go on with this video, I just want to give a big thanks to the Reddit user simply known as Crime Solver. He did pretty much all the research for this. Actually, he did all the research for this video, and I'm basically just kind of stealing his post off Reddit. So if you like what you see here, be sure to hit the link in the description and check out the original post of this because he did some really, really great work on actually getting all the evidence and all the information for this case together. So on Christmas Day in 1979, Cody James and Gary Harker were friends from Aline High School, and they were both about 30 years old at the time, and they were painting in James's wood carving shop in Moline, Iowa. Well, later on that day, they got into James's 1965 black Chevrolet pickup truck to deliver an air compressor to Rock Island, Illinois. After that, they were going to pick up a $500 payment for that air compressor from Davenport later on that night. But they never arrived to actually receive the payment. So let's fast forward to February of 1980. Their black pickup truck had sat parked in the 600 lot of Iowa Street in Davenport for months at this point. The guys just disappeared, and the truck bed had become full of snow, debris, tree limbs, all sorts of stuff. On March 3rd, the police were asked to tow the vehicle to Road and Record Services, which was kind of a scrapyard in Davenport, and it was going to stay there for about 40 days until one of these guys picked up the truck, otherwise it would be auctioned. Obviously, they never picked up the truck. A certified letter with towing details was sent to the truck's owner, who was Cody James, but the letter was never answered and the truck was never picked up. So an auction took place on April 24th, 1980. Two brothers decided to buy the truck, 25-year-old James and 18-year-old Richard Sperling. These two had just been driving past the auction lot and they noticed the truck and they had a truck very similar to it and they were gonna buy this truck for parts to fix their current truck. They bought the truck for 140 bucks at auction and they drove it to their father's home Home, just a short distance away. So a few hours later, James noticed a really, really bad smell coming from the truck. He drove it out to a field so that he could clean everything out of the bed, you know, the grass, the dirt and all that. And he took a shovel to begin shoveling all this stuff out when he noticed that there was a boot hanging out of the bed of the truck. But it wasn't just a boot. There was a foot attached to this boot. So he contacted police and while waiting for them, he decided to take another look in the bed of the truck and he found another pair of boots obviously with another person attached to them. Davenport police stated that the bodies had been there for at least 60 days, and they determined that the two previous owners of the truck were struck in the head with some sort of wedge that they believed was probably used for cutting wood, which would make sense since they were both woodworkers. So police chief Kenneth Conlon confirmed that the truck had been sold at the police department's auction, but he, he kind of backtraced his own steps here and kind of covered his own butt, saying that the department wasn't responsible for cleaning out these trucks, but how they didn't notice this odor and how they didn't notice two bodies in the bed of this truck 
is beyond me. So fast forward to May, and police say they're looking for three individuals that they believed were somehow involved with these two people losing their lives. They think it was drug-related, possibly related to amphetamines of some sort. Gary's wife, Marie, who lived with her husband in Rock Island at the time, said she knew that her husband had been setting up drug dealers with his friend Cody for other people, not for themselves. She was actually pregnant at this time with their baby. Neighbors in the nearby area actually confirmed that he had been selling drugs out of his wood-carving shop that the two had been in the day that they went missing. These witnesses state that the truck had been cleaned out the morning before the disappearance, but I don't really understand how they would have known that unless these were some seriously nosy neighbors. So in December of 2004, Davenport police said that they were renewing this investigation and they were gonna reignite their search for whoever did this to these two people. But this was because one of the friends of these two guys came forward and offered the police a roll of photographs. These photographs were actually given to this guy by the victims before they passed away. Police say that this photo reel actually contained photos of who they presumed to be the suspects in this crime. Apparently, Cody and James knew that they had enemies and people were out looking for them, so they gave this photo reel to their friend, and allegedly they told this friend, if anything happens to us, develop this film. This leads to why police believe that the suspects that maybe took these two's lives are in these photographs, but strangely enough, these photos have never been released to the public. The photos were believed to have been taken in a city about 15 or so miles north of San Francisco. This was the same area where these two would have obtained the drug supplies they needed to continue their drug smuggling business. They took the photos that were contained in this reel and they published them in the local newspapers, trying to find the people in the photos, but nobody ever came forward. Police later confirmed that they do believe the crime was drug related, but they still really have no leads to go on other than the man in these photos. They say that this case is incredibly complicated to solve because it's a multi-jurisdiction situation because these men lived right on the Iowa border, which meant some of this crime may have taken place in Iowa and some may have taken place in another state. They say that there's multiple police offices that are actually working on this investigation, but that makes it incredibly hard to keep things flowing when you're actually having to you know, constantly jump back and forth between two different departments. So as part of their investigation, the soil that was found inside and on this truck was actually tested to try to help determine where it came from so that maybe they could pinpoint where this dirt came from and pinpoint where the actual murder took place. During this time, police found blood and hair samples. And in 2004, an evidence technician used a new technique, at the time anyway, that was a chemical process and found just one single fingerprint of evidence inside of the truck. So this is, by all means, one of the strangest cases I've ever heard. I don't understand First off, why this truck was put up for auction so cheaply? Even, I mean, even in the 1970s, that was a super cheap price for a truck like this. I also don't understand how it actually made it to you know, the auction ground because this guy had a wife, this guy had a family. Why would she have not claimed the truck? And also, why did she never report her husband missing? That's another kind of missing link to the story. None of this really adds up to me. This guy was surrounded by people that actually cared about him, surrounded by neighbors that apparently knew a lot about him as well, but no one reported him missing. And it took him over six months, almost six months anyway, for his body to actually be discovered. It just doesn't add up. And it kind of makes me wonder if, and, and I'm, not, I'm not suggesting anything here, nobody take this out of context, but it makes me wonder anyway, if the wife could somehow be involved. I'm not pointing fingers at her. I don't, we obviously don't know enough about this case to suggest anything, but I definitely wonder if police actually investigated the wife heavily enough. Yes, she was pregnant at the time, but we don't know the details of that. We don't know if she was supportive of his drug dealing habits. We don't know anything about her because there really haven't been any interviews that were publicized that took place with his wife. But I would personally definitely be looking at her, but 
again, we, we just don't know. There's just such limited evidence in this. And police don't have a lot of evidence either. It's not just that they haven't shared it with the public. It's that they supposedly don't have it themselves. But I also find it a little odd. There's just so many odd things with this case. But I also find it odd that the photos of these supposed people that were probably involved in this case, they were never published online. They only published them a couple times in a local newspaper. And those photos just aren't available online. I don't understand why, if they're actively looking for these suspects and they've renewed the, the, uh, the investigation today, I don't get why these photos aren't available online. So there's very little that either you or I could do to help further this case along because we don't have any, we don't have any photos of what actually happened. We don't even have photos of the truck. I mean, if they would put out photos just of the truck, just of the victims, and then finally just one or two photos from that photo reel, I feel like there could be some pretty major advancements on this case. But for the moment, we've got nothing. So the next thing that also doesn't add up to me, which this could just be from, you know, honest police laziness, I don't get how this truck ended up in police possession. It ended up on the uh, police impound lot. The truck was, was towed there. There was a, a, a tow truck driver involved who would have had to have hooked this truck up. He then took it to the police lot. Police went out, looked at the truck. They notated the truck. They got the plates. They got all the information and stuff to the point that they contacted the owner of the truck, who was obviously deceased, so he never responded to the letter that they sent. They went through all these different links to get this truck put on the auction block. But no one looked in the bed of the truck to see that there's two dead people in the back. How does that even happen? Four, five, six months, however the, however the math adds up, this truck was sitting with police at a police auction lot. It was processed through by members of the police department. Two dead bodies in the back, nobody saw a thing. That makes no sense to me. So ultimately, I share this case with you guys. Normally, I try to share these cases to try to see if maybe you guys have any additional information about them or you know, anything like that. But I share this case with you just because it's so odd. There's really nothing I think any of us could do because police are not willing to do anything about it. They're not willing to put out the photographs. They're not willing to publish any information about this case. So it's a little frustrating to me, honestly. I think this could probably be solved very quickly and very easily if this information was made public. But for the meantime, I just wanted to share it with you guys. If you do have any extra information about this case, let me know in the comments. But that's gonna be the video for today. I'm sorry there's no ultimate verdict on this one. I try to at least offer something to these cases, but this is a weird one. So that's gonna be the video. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to hit that like button below. If you loved it, maybe consider subscribing or clicking that join button below as well. And don't forget, from now until the end of the month, or actually from last week through to the end of the month, I'm gonna be doing a giveaway to where anyone who hits that join button below and signs up for the Tie Knots membership program, I'm gonna be sending out a free sticker pack to every one of you guys that's new that signs up. So there's only a few of those to go around. There's already several people that signed up last week. We've only got a few left. So if you are interested in that exclusive sticker pack, it's absolutely free if you hit that join button below and become a member of the Tie Knots membership program. But Anyway, all that to say, I've been tying out. You guys have been lovely. I'll catch you in the next video. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. This is how I justify the means to the end.